I'm going to ask him to come and keep your heart and spirit open. I know he'll want to be right here. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I'd like to read a short portion of scripture to you out of the book of Mark, chapter 16. Starting at verse 14, these are some of the last words of the man Christ Jesus before he exited the scene that he had been walking in for 33 years, approximately. And he is, he's addressing his apostles. After he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat and abradeth them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Now picture that for a minute. Three and a half years he's been ministering to them, teaching them, pouring into them. He's getting ready to exit and he's going to leave it all in their hands. And in his last conversation with them, he is chewing them out. He's chewing them out. He abraded them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Now, if you think somehow the apostles were supermen, this would reveal to you just how human, how much they are like you and I. Because we deal with doubt, we deal with fears at times, we deal with uncertainties, unbelief, and we can be stubborn. Hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now you would think if there was anybody on the earth that would have believed the reports and the likelihood and the possibility that he would raise from the dead. It would have been at least the 11, no longer the 12. Next verse. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, around our world, there's a lot of people, assemblies, congregations, movements, that use this word rather freely, the gospel. Yes, its meaning is the good news, but the Apostle Paul elaborated in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, when he said, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which is delivered unto me, the gospel. And then he spelled it out, how that Christ died, how he was buried, and then how he rose again from the dead. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is literally the gospel. Now, as we read on through Scripture, we have studied and to show ourselves approved unto God. And we know that Peter's words at Pentecost, when he said for them, when they asked, what do we do? We're under conviction. We, we've realized how wrong we are. Have you read those words recently? What Peter said to those folks that came under conviction? He chewed them out. I mean, he chewed them out. But he was very straight with them. 
And he told him the truth. And he said, you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we see this is the applying of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection. I don't have to die. I don't have to be buried. Except that Romans 6 says we're buried with him by baptism. So we see these typologies, and so we know from the Scripture, we know the gospel, we know how to apply the gospel. Wait, we know how to obey the gospel. Because the Bible says we have to obey it. You got to hear it. You got to believe it. And then you got to obey it. In order to be what? S-A-V-E-D. Saved. Now we won't talk about saved from what today. Except, well, mate, we will, I guess, here in a minute. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. I don't know if you want to do a little study sometime. Take a look at that word and all the words associated in the scripture with what that word means. To be eternally damned. See, there's a way out. There is a place of redemption. There's a a place of being saved. Hearing the gospel, believing the gospel, and obeying the gospel. The gospel is simple. uh, Sorry, simple. Close call there. The gospel is simple. I, I, I would love for every person here to make an appointment with your leadership and in just a couple of minutes show them that you know the gospel from the word see it only take you a minute to to elaborate it but what i've discovered that is around churchdom Christianity, whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of people that use this terminology and don't have a clue or how to tell anybody else what the gospel is, okay? And so a lot of people have come to the place of the ideology, well, you know, they don't have at all, but you know, at least they're attending a church. Listen to me. God forbid. God forbid that we would come to the place that because people associate themselves with some kind of a religious circle, that that is good enough, that is the end all for them. You know, it's kind of like saying, well, I hope you make it. We throw them in the air. Hope you make it. You know, we can be friends. We're Christians. Now, I'm all for being friends with people, but I'm not for lying to them. I'm not for keeping the truth from them because I know the truth when it comes to the redemptive message. So, therefore, I am obligated. I am obligated to Christ. I have a, not only do I have a treasure in an earthen vessel, but I know the plan. Scripture speaks of it as a, a plan, the plan of salvation, the redemptive message, the gospel. Now, I know many of you here, you've been through Bible studies, and you have a handle on it. You have embraced it. Maybe there's just a few that don't make an appointment. And find out. Now, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You can read on and see all the signs that will follow believers and things like this. But here's here's what I want to relate to you. The 
the spiritual climate of our world has changed. Okay? The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. I have three witnesses that the door is open. It was a prophecy at the end of a service one afternoon, and then it was a prophecy in an early morning prayer meeting, a prophetic word spoken, and then it was another prophetic word spoken here. The door is open. And so what I have experienced in the last month is this ongoing, sweeping, open door. I stumbled onto a, uh, a video recording of a man that was speaking to a group of people. I'd never heard of him. His name's immaterial. He was just a man who had gotten a revelation of the oneness of God. And so he was speaking and teaching, uh, teaching the, uh, the truth of being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that. We understand that. We believe that. The scripture reveals it, tells it. The man has been doing this for some time and has a following around the world, has established congregations and places literally around the world. Now, I'm not going to stand for everything that he says, but here's what I realized while I was listening to him. He was really straight. He was really hard. There was no wiggle room. And the hearers were loving it. See, he wasn't trying to patsy anybody. He wasn't trying to schmooze up to anybody to try to get folks in agreement. He was projecting the word of God just as straight as it is and holding nothing back. And the people who were listening were eating it up. They loved it. Where did we ever get the idea that people would reject the truth? I, I mean, where did we ever get the idea that people don't want to know the truth, don't want to hear it straight? Tell me. Just tell me. I was in a service one day, and I got onto some things and was moving in a direction about imagery and music and different things like this, and and I couldn't believe I was dealing with these things. And I, and I said openly, I said, are we done with this? Like, can we move on? I mean, I, I didn't intend for this. I, I believe the Holy Ghost did. But I said, can we move on? And I got head nods like, no. Stay right here. Say what you're saying. Be stronger in what you're saying. Make it clear to me. Now. Our approach sometimes to people are, well, you know, when we know somebody and, they're, and they're, their gospel is so loose, it's so wishy-washy, it's so unfounded. They use terminologies that you can tell. Wow, you don't have a clue. And when we've got the keys to the kingdom, we kind of struggle with, all right, let's see if we can get the key in the door here. But we don't want to run them off. We don't want to... And here we start doing, we start backing up. We start backing up. We back up so far that sometimes you say, well, we didn't get the chance this time tonight, honey. Maybe next time. And then next time comes. And before we know it, we're months, we're years. We've been good friends for years. And yeah, I know it's great. You know, I know you attend that Mormon church down there. Maybe I shouldn't throw out names. But now is the time. Now is the time to speak the truth of the word of God, to declare to individuals. Now, I'm just telling you, in the last, in the last few weeks, I've had opportunity to minister in meetings where there were several pastors there of congregations around the Puget Sound area. And I've had complete liberty with the word of God to go as far and as straight as I wanted to. And in the end, they were all saying, we got to get back to this. So in other words, some of them 
who had come from another country said that's the way we lived it and believed it when we first came to God. But you see, that same internet that is such a blessing can also be such a cursing because people have become so watered down and polluted with so many disguised messaging. Oh, they're all preaching the gospel. They're just not telling the truth. And so this group of people, much to my surprise, when the host of the meeting said, we want to give everyone all saying the same thing. Oh my good, we're so thankful for this word and we need to get back to this. Wait a minute. You mean you were here before and you left this? You know, the Bible addresses that. Leaving their first estate. And so I was caught off guard. Number one, that there was such a liberty to share the whole gospel, to question the shallow gospel, which is not a gospel. And then through that meeting, there was, uh, there were other pastors and leaders that I met there and was invited then to speak at another meeting up in the Auburn Federal Way area and did just the other night. Once again, there was a whole different group of leaders and pastors. Now, I'll say these were mainly Kenyan churches, African Kenyan churches and believers. And these, well, let me, let me add this. Elder Flowers had come over to visit him and his family, and he spoke in Puyallup. I had mentioned the group in Tacoma, and he, and he said, I'd love to go. And the guy in Tacoma was saying, please, please come, please bring him. And so Brother Flowers went there and ministered. And I asked him, I said, what was it like? How did you feel? I mean, I was there too, but he said there was absolutely no resistance. Once again, we went in and declared the whole gospel and another group of people. The other night, they had all these, it's interesting, they, they all kind of, I'm not sure, but I think they kind of titled themselves. So you got apostles and prophets and bishops and all kinds in the group that were there. And uh, several of them are representing various churches around the region. But I knew how far I went. I know how straight it was. And the next morning, the host of the meeting he said he slept in because he was up half the night putting all the stuff away, cleaning out the building that he had rented. And he said, I woke up to all these texts from all these people who were in the meeting. And this is what they said. He said they all said the same thing. That was a wake-up call for us. We needed that. That was a wake-up call. And, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, yeah, he probably did get a lot of texts, and I can't imagine what they're going to say. But here's what they're all saying. Tell us the truth. Teach us the truth. Wake us up. Minister to us. And this is everywhere that I am participating. If there's ever a day for us to have the boldness of the Holy Ghost upon us, to open our mouth and declare and teach and share, today's the day. Today is the day. The Spirit of the Lord has told us the door is open. The door is open. We just need to walk through it. Expect it, walk through it, participate with God wherever he would leave. Have a boldness of the Holy Ghost to teach, to share, to preach, to minister, to pray. We have begun to have uh, monthly prayer meetings that we've kind of entitled a united front because we're reaching to many people everywhere of like precious faith. Well, 
these groups that I've come into contact, they're all telling each other about these prayer meetings, and now they're wanting to come and participate and be a part of a united front. In the, listen, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, Jesus Christ is going to gather all things together in one unto himself. There is going to be a coming together. I reflect on what took place with Topeka, Kansas, Azusa, California in 1901, 1906. There was a drawing by the Spirit of God from people from all various faiths around the globe. And under the spiritual experience of receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, and then the revelation of the oneness of God and baptism in Jesus' name, there was a gathering together of people from, from all places. What's happened since then? Well, I'm white, he's black. They're different than we are. Maybe they should. Yeah, we all believe the same thing, but you know, maybe they should. Uh, you guys do your thing, we'll do our thing. How about the Spanish speaking? The United Pentecostal Church and the Apostolic Assembly have held to the same doctrine, the same redemptive message for years. But, you know, you do different than us. We do different than you. And so here's what we have witnessed through what God drew together, man, humanity, has separated again and again and again. It wasn't just too many years ago, the United Pentecostal Church, a bunch of them split away and became what's called the WPF. Now I'm told that with among the Apostolic Assembly, there's a split there. You got Apostolic Assembly Mexico, and then you got Apostolic Assembly United States, and these various groups around the what's happening? Humanity. Humanity. But the Bible says in the dispensation of the fullness of times, Jesus Christ is going to gather together all things in one unto himself. There is a drawing together. There is an assembling together. The Lord looked out over a people and he said, Behold, the people are one. Now nothing will be restrained from them. What they've imagined to do. Would you stand with me? There is such a witness of the Holy Ghost that is coming into the room right now. This is the present this will be the future there is a coming together a united front in prayer to see the kingdom of God be advanced in the earth I say let the kingdom of men come down let the kingdom of God be advanced in the earth. Let the kingdoms of men come down. Let the kingdom of God be advanced in the earth. Let it be advanced in the earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you can be seated, but we're going to stay right there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I have, some of you know that I've spoken with, I have spent, I believe by the design of God in the last month, spent a lot of time with various pastors. Um, interestingly, 
a couple of them from the apostolic assembly, precious men, so marked by their humility and their desire for a unity of spirit. And uh, one just early last week that is currently the leader of the apostolic assembly in the state of Washington. And I was so marked by the tenderness of his spirit. He's originally from Colima, Mexico. And he expressed to me, these were his words, Brother Hart, we are with you. Whatever we can do, however we could support one another. And it, was a, it wasn't just words. I could tell there's something the Lord is doing in his body, in his body. It's a work of the kingdom, the spirit of God in his body. And so we are the body of Christ. And so there is a beckoning of the spirit of God for us to come in alignment with what he's doing. And find our place and our part in relationship to the whole. It's got to be willing to do. Ephesians 4. The Lord's been dealing with me about this nonstop. Nonstop. And uh, I've spent some time with several, three other pastors who um, do not yet have the fullness of the revelation of who he is. Interestingly... All three of them are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. That gives me great hope. Because the scripture says, the Holy Ghost will lead and guide into all truth. I sat across the table having coffee with one of them who spoke these words to me. They said, Joel, eight years ago I was praying. And I made a radical change that God brought in my life after prayer. He said, this is what I prayed, God. Now, this is a man that's 10 years older than I. So he was older than I am now when he prayed this prayer. God, whatever you have to do, I just want to know the truth. I just want to know you, and I want to know the truth of your word. And then he expressed to me before we left, I believe this is a God-ordained appointment. And I said, so do I. And so there are, and I've been praying about, Lord, this, this direct thing. I want to speak. I, we don't have time, Lord, to try to years of friendship and then see if something opens. And the Lord has given me clarity in the word. I know right where to start, what to say. These are men, I believe, men of God. They have people that they're serving and ministering to week after week. My morning this morning was spent praying for these men in the congregations they serve. Because everyone needs the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Ephesians 4, you know some of these verses, but watch. We need to see them in the light of what we've been hearing this morning, the way the Spirit of the Lord is leading us. I therefore, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, I beg you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. This is an admonition to the church now. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. I'm telling you, we are called. So we have the purpose to walk daily. Next verse. With all lowliness and meekness. Now, Bishop talked about boldness. We need to have boldness. And coupled with boldness comes lowliness and meekness. The boldness is the spirit of lowliness and meekness isn't, oh, woe is me. I'm going to try to say something and hope that. No, no. Lowliness and meekness is where I don't think of self. I'm simply understanding I am walking in the vocation and calling of God. I'm not puffed up in myself, my personality, any of that. I'm not trying to gather men to myself. You're not trying to. We're simply seeking to walk in the vocation and calling of God. We do it with lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Next verse. I want you to see this verse. I've been stuck right here in my spirit. This has been, God has been convicting me, dealing with me. I know you know this verse. I've, I've quoted it. I've read it. You have to. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Don't you let that settle in your spirit. Paul asked the Corinthian church, leave that verse up there, please. Paul asked the Corinthian church this question Is Christ divided? Now, 
I want you to look at that verse. I want you to see this with me. I'm probably going to belabor a point in just a minute here because I need this to get into our spirit. What are you endeavoring to keep? Unity. Is that a fair statement? But notice, I've read this so many times. You're not endeavoring just to keep unity. You're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Spirit with a capital S. The very Spirit of God. I have a question for you. Can the Spirit of God have disunity? Only in the Trinity. (laughs) But Paul said... We should endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. How does the Spirit get divided? How does disunity come to the Spirit? Good question. Okay, here, we're going to get help. This is going to be group participation this morning. Amen, Brother Lewis, right here. Amen, Brother Zario, right here. Hey, Brother Zaro, Sister Priscilla, both of you, just come right up here. Sister Julie, just come on. Look, Sometimes I think I get, don't want you to think I just pick on men. <laughs> Amen. All right. Here you go. I've got to try to figure out where I get so y'all can get a little closer to get. No, this is good right here. Okay, so, no, here, here, yeah, come on right on over here like y'all love each other. I know y'all do. There you go. There you go. Just sort of lock arms. Now. All four of you received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as God gave you the utterance? Okay. So, so all four of them are filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? They're filled with the Spirit of God. Now, they have an admonition to walk in their call. Now, their calling may be different. They all have a vocation and calling given by God. And it may be different, but they have to walk worthy of their calling. They got to be led by the Spirit. But while they're walking in their calling, they have to endeavor to keep the unity of not their calling. They have to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit that dwells in them. Same Spirit, but there's something in humanity if you're not endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. And so here's what happens. Hey, tell me about your Bible study, how that's going. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, yeah, man, I heard such great things Brother Lewis and Sister Julie are doing and how God is really using them. I know not much is happening with you right now, but and, and I, I, I just oh, may not say it that way. And I just, and, and a little, let me see if I can, let me see if I can do something to, Destroy the unity of the Spirit. Let me see if I can somehow get unity. I'm just, no, but see what happens. You know what was happening right there? He was saying, I'm not letting go. I'm endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. I don't care what you say. I don't care what somebody... I'm endeavoring. This is an endeavoring. I'm endeavoring. I'm not allowing anything to bring a disunity to the Spirit. The same Spirit that dwells here, dwells here and here and here. And I'm endeavoring. I've made up my mind. I've determined in my life. I will endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. What if they say something that hurts me that might happen along the way? I'm human, they're human, but I'm endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. I know what I'll do. I'll say something back. No, I won't. No, I won't. I'll submit it to God because I'm endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Well, but they did that. They did it. I'm going to forgive them the way Christ has forgiven me because I'm endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Is Christ divided? Okay, you can be seated. I might use them as an example again, but I won't make them stand up here the whole time. Now, what? There has to, there's got, we're not endeavoring to keep the unity of a church organization. We're not endeavoring to keep the unity of a denomination. We are endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit of God. If we are filled with the Spirit of God and led by the Spirit of God, and together we endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit of God, He will lead us and guide us into all truth. 
This is why I have such great hope for those that have not had the fullness of the revelation of who he is that are baptized with the Holy Ghost. Oh, they're filled with the same spirit I am. I can begin to pray and endeavor for unity of the spirit and trust and believe there will be, there is an opening to declare more perfectly the way of the Lord. And because they are filled with the Spirit, if they're willing, and I'm willing to die to our flesh, I'll receive the Word of God. It will be illuminated to my spirit and their spirit, and truth will prevail. Now watch. What verse are we on? Three. Watch verse four. There is how many bodies? How many? There's one body, and how many spirits are there? There's one spirit. Even as you are called in how many hopes of calling are there? Remember he said, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you called? There are multiple callings, but there's only one hope of the calling. I believe that hope is the salvation of souls. One hope of the calling. Okay, keep going. Verse 5 for time. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all. Yes? Who is what? Above all. And who is through all and is? If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, I got, I got three messages today. You're not going to get all of them. You're just getting one, and we only got two services, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just, but the Lord is, I, there's just, I've been praying about these. So, who's above all throne in you all. When you received the Holy Ghost, what did you receive? The Spirit of God? I, I have a question. I'm not trying to be unkind. I want us thinking about this. This is not picking on something. But we need to speak clearly the Word of God as Bishop has declared to us. If you believe in God in three persons... Which person did you receive when you received the Holy Ghost? Now, because Paul said, he didn't say it's the Holy Ghost that's in you all. Paul said it's the Father that's in you all. Is that what it says? But if you go to John 14, Jesus said... I will be in you. And you go to Ephesians. Christ in you. Well, hold on, hold on. Christ is the Son. So did I get the Son in me or did I get the Father in me? Do I have three different persons in me when I receive the Spirit of God? Now, I know you know this. But we need to, we got to rightly divide the word of truth. If somebody received the bad, now we know that the Holy Ghost comes in. So we've received the Father, we received the Son, we received the Holy Spirit. But we didn't receive three persons when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We received the one true living God came and dwelt in us. In Him, Colossians 2, in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principalities and powers. Now that. Paul, when he wrote that to the church at Colossae, was writing to the Lord Jesus Christ. But here he said, God the Father is above all. In Colossians, he said, Jesus Christ is the head of all. Now, either there's a competition between the two or they're one and the same. It is not true that God is co that there are three persons, co-eternal, co-existent, co-whatever. There is one God. And his name is, we got it. So we're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Now, watch. We got to hurry. Skip down to verse 11 for sake of time. Watch. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, verse 12. He did this for the perfecting of the saints. He did this for three reasons. Here's the three reasons why he gave these callings. This is why we endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry, and for the edifying of the body. All of that is for this purpose, verse 13. Till. Everybody say till. till. That means it hasn't happened yet. 
but it's his plan for it to happen. Till. Now, if we don't endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, we are affecting the till. But watch. It starts with endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Until. Until what? Until we all come in the unity. Now the unity has changed. Unity of Spirit brings something else. When I endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit... It leads to unity of the faith. Why do you think the adversary wants you? You know what he said about you? Let's see if this can bring a little division here. I'm trying to destroy the unity of the spirit. I'm t- Get your th- skin a little bit thicker. Purpose to forgive as Christ forgave you. Love your brother. Love your sister. And determine I will endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. Because it affects all coming into the unity of the faith. I believe, I'm going to go further. I'm just going to declare to you. These these three pastors that God has brought our lives together, we are going to see them baptize their entire congregations in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to see them teach and preach this gospel because I and you, we are going to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit until we all come in the unity of the faith. And notice what comes with the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. That's the revelation of who He is. Unto a what? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night. The perfect man is not you're a perfect man and I'm a perfect man. You have to go back and read in Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3. The perfect man is the body of Christ. And so the body becomes perfected when we all come in the unity of the faith or complete unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, keep going. That we henceforth be no more children. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting choice of words by the Apostle Paul? Notice he's talking about unity and unity of the faith and the Lord bringing us together in the fullness and the stature of Christ. And he's saying, this happens so that when we stop being children, what does it mean, no more children? You ever heard this? Man, they just, they're a grown adult, but they act like a child. That should never be said of the church. Filled with the Spirit of God, washed in His blood, baptized in His name. God forbid among ourselves we would act like children. You know, when I was a kid in grade school, it was the saying most of you have heard, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Which, of course, was, we all know was a lie. Because words can be very hurtful. But words are things children throw out at each other. Talk about each other behind back, you know, grade schoolers and middle schoolers and all the drama and all that stuff. You know what? If you still get ra- this is why this is why social media is such a social media is mostly a bunch of grade schoolers. Oh, maybe not physically, but it's drama and talk and banter and right. Paul said, hold on, I'm talking about the body of Christ. You're called in one hope of your calling. You're supposed to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. You should henceforth be no more children. How your conversation sounds, how your communication is, what your lifestyle is like, what bothers you, what you let offend you, what you, no, you're not a kid anymore. Come on, grow up. Life's not going to be fair all the time. Suck it up. Let's go. We're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Is that too plain? I don't know the last time somebody told you to suck it up, but you heard it this morning. <laughs> All right. We got, I know it's a lot. We got to do this. We got to determine. No, I'm going to endeavor. Now watch. No more children who are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. 
by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, if that doesn't describe the prosperity speakers and those things of this day that any loose gospel will fit and work, that's exactly what it is. It's winds of doctrine. It's the slight of men. It's cunning craftiness. And they're lying in wait to deceive. That's how the Spirit of the Lord showed them to Paul. But watch verse 15. But speaking... The truth in love may grow up into him in what? In all things, which is the head, even Christ. Skip down to verse 17. This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord. Now, Paul, he's still talking about the same thing. He's still talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. And now he begins telling them, this is some things you're going to have to purpose to do in order to do that. He reveals to us things that you would deal with in the church. As the body, when you're walking in your calling and you're endeavoring to do these things, but you've moved past childhood, and now you've determined, this I say, therefore, when I testify in the Lord, don't walk anymore like other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Vanity of the mind means I've got a really good opinion and yours stinks. And this isn't about opinion. It's about knowing the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Don't walk like others walk in the vanity of their mind. But how should we walk then, Paul? Verse 18. They have their understanding darkened. They're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Now, we're not judging. We're seeking to reach these people that he's describing here. The Gentiles who have their understanding darkened. These Gentiles that are alienated from the life of God. But the way we're going to reach them is not by walking like them. That's the deception of the adversary. We're not going to reach them by walking like them. Don't walk like they do. This is where they're walking. Why? Because they got blindness in their heart. Notice, next verse, 19. They are past feeling. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness. They work all uncleanness with greediness. He's talking about religious people. They're now puffed up in their minds. They're living this way according to their gospel. They're preaching a Christ that is not the Christ of the scriptures. They're gathering men to themselves. They're building earthly kingdoms under the guise of the gospel. They're ignorant, Paul's words. They're blinded. They're alienated from the life of God. Paul said, don't walk like them. Henceforth, don't walk like other Gentiles walk. And then he describes how they're walking. Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. Skip down to 22. we got to finish. This is how you're supposed to walk. Put off the former lifestyle. Conversation is lifestyle there. Put off the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's got to be a renewing of your mind day by day, day by day. Verse 24. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Keep going. Now, isn't this interesting? I want to remind you of what Paul's talking about. He's talking about endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit till we all come in the unity of the faith. We have to know and see this because I'm telling you, these other souls that God's going to draw in and bring to himself. There has to be a witness in the spirit-filled, blood-bought people of God that aligns with the word of God. Paul is writing to the church, and he says to the church, put away lying. You wouldn't think that would be in the church, would you? Speak every man truth with his neighbor. You heard what Bishop just said to us under the anointing and inspiration of the Holy Ghost? We got to speak the truth to our neighbor. 
it would seem that if I tiptoe through the tulips and tiptoe around circumstances, it could almost be viewed as I'm lying to them. To allow someone to continue in falsehood and say nothing is to allow them to believe a lie. Here's what has to happen. we got to speak the truth in love. But we have to understand, how many of you love confrontation? Raise your hand. Nobody. Okay. How many of you do what you can to avoid confrontation? Look at that. Can I tell you something? The truth is always confrontive. So you got to know that. Why is the truth always confrontive? Because the truth always confronts that which is not true. So you can't speak the truth and avoid confrontation. Where we've gotten in trouble in the past is people, some people that loved confrontation. And so they would speak the truth loving the confrontation. And that's destructive. So we can't love confrontation, but we know it's part of speaking the truth. And so we got a purpose. It's the love of God that's compelling me. I have to speak the truth because of the love of God. I'm not loving confrontation, but I'm not going to avoid it and let you believe a lie. You got to build up the courage to speak the truth, knowing it will be confronted. And sometimes we're looking for the right moment, and the right moment is going, I'm looking for the moment where it won't be confrontational. It's going to be confrontational because it's going to confront what they believe that isn't true. And so I have to pray a prayer of faith. Now, speak every man truth as a neighbor, for we're members one of another. Verse 26 Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. What in the world? He's talking about unity. Be angry, but don't sin. Brother Zario might have got angry at Brother and Sister Rodriguez a while ago. Don't sin. Don't give place to the devil. Now, he talked about lying. Now, he said, don't let him that stole, don't let him steal anymore. He's trying to get unity in the body. And apparently, there's some stuff going on. Let him labor, working with his hands. The thing was good. They may give to him that needs. Keep going. Watch. I want you to see verse 29. Everybody see that? Let what? No. Everybody say No. Let no, that means none. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You want unity? Paul's telling us how. Honey, do you know what I heard about so-and-so? You're not going to believe what so-and-so did. Oh, no, it's just me talking to my wife. Sister so-and-so, she just, I'll tell you what. She, oh, no, it's just, this is just between us as husband and wife. Oh, it's corrupt communication, but it's held between me and mom. We justify corrupt communication by who we communicate it with. The Bible says let no corrupt communication. I'm talking about unity of the spirit, endeavoring to keep unity of the spirit till we all come in the unity of the faith. And if we don't resolve these things in our spirit where we are today, as God continues, and he's going to add to his church. If we settle these things now and let the spirit of God settle these things with us now, I'm telling you, he's going to add those that don't look like, sound like, talk like, and walk like. You and I do in some ways. And if I've got this attitude of communicating corruptly about how people look, act, until God brings us all in the unity of the faith. If I'm communicating corruptly about those that I'm closest to right now, my Lord, what's going to look like when it... 
I have to repent and purpose. I'm going to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit because I understand it leads to the unity of the faith. No corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers. I don't have time today to read it all. I'd like to read all of it in the Amplified. You go do that. Let's read the last three verses here. 30. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This leads me to believe that when I communicate corruptly, it grieves God's Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you sealed to the day of redemption. Verse 31. We got to see this. He's still talking to the church. And he's still talking to us about unity of spirit. Let all, everybody say all. All bitterness, and this is implied, all wrath, all anger, all clamor, all evil speaking be put away from you. All of it. Let it all be put away. If you want unity of the spirit, you got to do these things. Stuff's going to come. Stuff's going to happen. But we're striving, endeavoring for the unity of the Spirit. And therefore, when it comes, my response is, I put it away. I put it away. I'm endeavoring, so I put it away. Because there's something happening that's greater than the local assembly. It's happening in the earth. It's happening in the valleys. And I'm going to see the unity of the faith. I'm going to see all coming to the unity of the faith. So when these little things come, I'm going to put them away. I'm going to put them away because I've got a calling to walk in. And you have a calling to walk in. Put it away. Verse 32. I finish. Be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. For the Lord to bring us all together. Bishop quoted the verse, In the dispensation of the fullness of time, he'll gather all unto himself. There's got to be unity of spirit for unity of the body. This is how the world will know you're his disciples, by your love one for another. Would you stand with me? In those verses throughout Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul if you study it out, dig it out, go read it in, in the Amplified Version. Read it in some other versions. We didn't take the time today. Go read through that and look at those different words he dealt with that he said to put away from you and all those different elements that he talks about. Every one of them are rooted in two places. The mind and the mouth. The mind and the mouth. Your thoughts and your words. Your thoughts, my thoughts, your words, my words. If we want to walk in our calling, and I believe we all do, amen? And we need to in this hour. We've got to let the Spirit of God and the Word of God arrest these two areas of our lives, our thoughts and our words, so that we come in agreement with the will and the work of God, the mind of Christ and the words of Christ. Jesus said, I don't speak anything except the Father says it. He got his words and his thoughts in alignment with the Spirit of God. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now in purpose? God, we are submitted to where you are taking us. We are submitted to the work that you're going to do and are doing. I submit to you in the fear of the Lord for the unity of your Spirit in this hour. For the work of the kingdom of God in these valleys and in the earth. Jesus, 
Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We pray the unity of your spirit in the bond of peace. I pray for my brother and my sister. I bear them up in the fear of the Lord. I pray the reaching of your spirit through us individually and collectively as we walk in our calling that we grow up into you in all things, Father, that your will would be wrought in the earth, that your will would be accomplished in, with, and through us in the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus, we submit to you, Father. We submit to you, Father. We submit to you, Father. I pray your spirit reaching across this region this morning, reaching into congregations that are gathered together, that there come a unity of the spirit, a beckoning of the word and spirit of God upon the hearts of men and women who are praying, who are reaching, who are opening the word. I pray a binding of the spirit of this world that would blind. I pray an opening of the eyes, an opening of the ears, the spirit of truth and the spirit of revelation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, talk with him. Talk with him. If you have to move through a place of personal repentance first, please do so. If you need to go to a brother or sister, do so. But we have to purpose to endeavor for the unity of the Spirit because it leads to the unity of the faith.